Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. I'm sure a lot of you have only been following a few of these podcasts, but I know there are some of you that have been listening to me talk for decades. And way back when I was doing a lot of talks to teachers, almost invariably in any talk there would be a Scotty story as my son grew up. So sometimes they were about a four-year-old or an eight-year-old or a 12-year-old. And he actually now is grown up, and he's a professional musician. However, our minds still easily slide into the same wavelength. And he's actually here now visiting, so I'd like to introduce him to you. Scotty, can you want to say hello? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to give you the mic, but I want to give a story first. So it seems to me that we're wrestling a lot with the fact that we can't predict much of anything and we don't seem to be able to control it either. So our minds are getting exhausted trying to be clear and having all the answers. So there's a story that relates to that. Way back in ancient times, there were mullahs, traveling Muslim scholars, who would go from one village to the next and get up on a platform and have all the answers and they'd explain to the people in the village, here's how it is. And at one village, they came to the village that Nasruddin, who was kind of a fool, he was a mullah, but he was unpredictable, and he didn't look the part either. His robes were all tattered, and he climbed up on the platform with them. So they looked at him and thought, what are you doing here? Because they couldn't imagine him having any answers. And he said, well, gentlemen, I'm here to answer the questions you can't answer. So perhaps we could start with what puzzles you. So, Scotty, I'm going to give you that question. I wonder in these times, what's most puzzling for you? The question that puzzles me the most is one that goes back to my social work days. When I was a social worker, and I was mostly working with young adolescent clients, uh, most of whom were in the juvenile justice system and had had very tough biographies before they came to me, many of them came to me angry. As we worked through the conversations with one another, and as I got to know them on deeper and deeper levels, invariably what I would discover is that there was something below the anger, that the anger itself was never the issue. The anger was a reaction to what seemed to be the underlying emotional issue. And oftentimes that would be sadness Uh, loss, trauma, but it was a slower, more tender emotion underneath that was coming out as anger. I wonder about that because we see so much anger on the surface today. And the other thing that I've been wondering about just recently, and we had talked about a little bit, is what is the role of fear and where does fear fit in that hierarchy of, of emotions, as it doesn't feel quite like anger to me, though it has shades of it, it doesn't feel quite like sadness to me, though it has shades of that. And so I wonder where that fits. Yeah, it, I would say that in order to have anger, you have a thought, you have some content, something in the event world that you're angry at, even if it's 
a storyline that you're concocting in order not to look at something else. But when it comes to fear, it's so sudden and it's so physical that it probably isn't linked up to any one kind of thought. So while anger can build and can be developed and be rehearsed, there's something about fear that's more momentary. And even in those events when we're just hypervigilant, we, don't, we can't afford to be afraid yet, we're too busy acting. Afterwards, of course, we are afraid. You know, then we shake and we wonder how in the world we survived it. But I think fear is, doesn't have so much under it as anger can. Yeah. I think, I think that's true. And then the other piece that I wonder about in, in our country's current situation is that so much of the fear that's out there feels like unfounded fear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not mm-hmm. fear that's a genuine reaction to what's happening. It's fear that's been stoked, that's been fueled by storyline and by various levels of conspiratorial kind of outlooks. And then that turns into vitriolic anger directed at mm-hmm. a target. Yeah. And I, I wonder, too, about the interplay of those two things and whether that mm-hmm. fear mm-hmm. is that same visceral reaction. No, I don't, think it, I don't think it is. Because there, it's about the future or about you're never going to get what you used to have in the past. So it's storylines that take you away from the present moment. Because if you stop and say, in the present moment, are you afraid of anything? Well, not exactly. It's just tomorrow. It's just yesterday. And so it requires this practice. And you wonder, why do people keep talking about the present moment? Stay present. But it's because it's the zone where you can still think. And all of those storylines really scramble with anybody's sense of reasoning. They resort to emotion instead, and they don't behave in ways that um, are more grounded. And we wish people would be super grounded right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the storylines are really challenging. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an assignment. I did a lot of COVID podcasts, and I would get done with one. I think, okay, the next one is going to have to be this topic. But then something would come up in the course of the next week. No, I'm going to have to talk about this other thing. So I did. And for, I'd say, four different times, I postponed what I thought would be the final topic that I could offer anyway about the COVID response and what we're going through. And I always wanted to talk about blessing. What is blessing? Why would we need to learn to do blessing? Why would all of our efforts fall short if we didn't add that capacity to feel blessed, to be blessed, to bless others, to understand that whole domain. And I know that's a topic that you'd like to play with, and I'd like to give you the next three podcasts to unpack it for us, if you will. I would be happy to. Okay, it's a lock. Thanks. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind, Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available on Amazon and at EmbraceYourBrain.com.